Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. G'day folks and welcome to Australian UFO Sightings official podcast. I'm your host Anthony Goodall and you're listening to Encounters Down Under. Here we invite guests on the show to tell us about their encounters with aliens and UFOs, where most of our episodes were streamed live from our Facebook page, which gave listeners the opportunity to ask questions to our guests regarding their encounter. If you have had an encounter and would like to be a guest on the show, please get in touch with us. You can send us a message through our Facebook page, Encounters Down Under, or send us an email at AustralianUFOSightings at Outlook.com.au. Be sure to join us on Facebook and share with your friends and family to help us grow, and hopefully encourage others to come forward with their encounter. If you're an iTunes listener and a fan of the show, why not give us that five-star rating and review, and you could have your review featured on the podcast. But enough of that, let's get into what you've been waiting for. So kick back, relax with your favourite beverage, and enjoy the show. G'day folks and welcome to another episode of Encounters Down Under. We have Joyce joining us on the show to talk about her own personal encounters as well as her experience in the field of paranormal and UFO research and investigation. So please welcome to the show, Joyce. Hey, g'day Joyce, welcome to the show. Hi, hi Anthony. Thank you, thanks for having me. No, it's great having you on here. Um, it's absolutely fantastic. I'm glad you got in touch with me there because uh, you actually came, uh, got in touch with me via a friend of yours that we've um, had on the podcast previously. So... Um, I'm actually really great, grateful for her to go and uh, put you forward towards me there to go and get on the show and, um, you know, talk about this whole agenda, you know, it's absolutely fantastic. So. Yeah, thank you. So, look, um, you've had some uh, experiences of your own. I'll um, I'll let you get in touch with that. And you also dabbled a bit in the UFO investigation side of things as well. So I'll let you go and take over and um, tell us about your your experiences there. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Anthony. I've always been an open-minded person and I remember reading Whitney Strieber's book, Communion, when I was a teenager and that scared the hell out of me. But I was always, I've always been open-minded. Uh, but I had, had, I had not seen a UFO until 1996. 
So I was not a teenager anymore. I was with my then boyfriend. We were at his friend's farm and it was just him and I. We were having a bit of a retreat there. It was kind of late afternoon, around 4 or 5 p.m. The sky was perfectly blue and we saw this perfectly round sphere. Uh, it was around, it was about, sorry, it was um, pearly white and it was glowing and dimming, glowing and dimming and just moving really fast. And we were watching it going really fast across the sky. Then it zigzagged, it disappeared and reappeared at the point where we first saw it. And then it was just flowing across the sky again, really fast, dimming and glowing, dimming and glowing, zigzagged and then just disappeared. And we were elated, like we were thinking, what was that? Wow, that was a UFO. Yeah, because we didn't know what it was, never seen anything like it. Then in uh, 2009, I was in New Zealand on top of a mountain. I was also with my boyfriend then, but it was only myself who saw it. By the time I yelled out to him to look up, he it was too late. But I saw the same craft, so this uh, white sphere glowing and dimming, just going across the sky really fast. And But it didn't zigzag that time. Uh, yeah, so again, yeah, I saw it again twice. Then 10 years later, I was watching YouTube and I saw an ad by Matias Di Stefano. It was um, an ad for his new series called Initiation on Gaia. And it caught my eye because there was a graphic, uh, a, a, you know, a, um, a graphic um, example of the craft that I saw. So the, the white sphere. And he said it was a Pleiadian craft. And it, it resonated with me because once I saw that UFO, I was, I started looking more into it. And, it, you know, first you look into the different cases and, you know, what evidence there was and, um, you know, where, the, you know, where people have seen them, all the famous cases, etc. But then later on you go into more of a personal journey as to what, what, you know, I started asking why I saw that craft, who was driving that craft, is there a connection with me? And I found that it's not unusual for people to see the same type of craft several times if they've got a relationship with the occupants. <laughs> and, and I say that now because I do believe that, that they were probably um, off-world or maybe Pleiadians. Um, yeah, so, you know, you go on this personal journey and it's quite interesting because I've had the Pleiadian theme in my life throughout. So when I was a teenager, I bought a cassette tape called um, Music of the Pleiades. I had a reading with Simon Parks. He's another experiencer and he said that my first incarnation was into a Pleiadian family when I was young, I used to draw pictures of um, women with blonde hair and, you know, I was born in Singapore, so I don't know why, and I would draw stars around the 
the blonde ladies. Uh, and, and so, you know, Pleiades are typically blonde, but not all of them are blonde, but it, it's just a stereotype. Um, I've had clairvoyants, you know, my boyfriend went to see a clairvoyant and she said, oh, she saw me with blonde hair. I had a housemate who said she saw someone who looked exactly like me except she had blonde hair. And I said, are you sure, you know, I, you know, did she have Asian features? And she said, yeah, she had Asian features, but she had blonde hair. I, I don't know. <laughs> so just really strange things like that. And, yeah, I had books on Pleiades as well. Uh, so they were the two times that I saw a UFO, but I've had dreams as well. And from there, it just catapulted into myself uh, joining a, an investigation group. So when I went to Melbourne, Victoria, I joined um, the Victoria UFO Action Group or VUFO Ray. That was um, run by Ben Hell. And um, he trained he trained us up um, to be investigators. <laughs> And we would look into cases, uh, people would, would um, you know, that they would, they would put, into, put in their cases on our website and um, we, when we met, met up, we would look through the cases and, you know, sift out the ones that we want to investigate. Um, yeah, so there's quite a few interesting cases. We've had lights in the sky, we didn't really bother them so, with those so much because there's so many of those but ones which um, left some sort of evidence uh, or there was more than what we, um, one witness we would follow up or the more interesting cases. And we also held events where we had international speakers like Richard Dolan, James Fox. So James Fox came to interview the Westall witnesses as well and they were featured on his documentary, The Phenomenon. So we had a lot of fun doing that. Uh, unfortunately, the group has disbanded now. But, um, yeah, did you want to know about some of the cases that we had or oh, I'll yeah, let you sure. ask some questions? Yeah, absolutely. I suppose, like, when you were going through the investigation side of things, there, like, you would have had a lot of things that were pretty easily explainable where people were sort of questioning what the possibilities are, like, especially, like, nighttime ones, like, you know, a lot of things can be mistaken. I'm sure, like, like, how many do you think you found, like, going through these things were easily dismissible as something explainable? Mm -hmm. um, a few things, like we, you know, sometimes it was inconclusive, but sometimes we would, yeah, quite a lot of them we would think, okay, it might be the shadow um, or the reflection of the moon or, you know, we had to go through, there was a whole list of things that we had to go through and, tick what it could have been. So we would use um, some of the software. I've forgotten the names of them, but you can look up the, the constellation and the weather patterns at that time and date. You could also look up the, um, I think it's um, Tracker, Star Tracker, or where you can look up the planes going through that time and the satellites. So we would see whether the, there were satellites going through at that time and date. And we would ask people when they submit their reports to give dates, times, as much information as possible so we can have a look. Um, 
Yeah, but there, but there were some we, we don't know. We just said, oh, okay, we, it could be any number of those things or we could be unidentified. So, yeah, sometimes it was inconclusive as well. So I would say oh, from memory maybe 50-50, maybe you know, 50 of them, 50% of them we thought, well, we don't really know, 50%, oh, yeah, I think we could be this, yeah. it could be that. But we would also um, ask the person, you know, were they intoxicated at the time, <laughs> what was happening at the time, and whether, whether there were more than one witnesses, um, whether there were any markings. Yeah, that's the thing too. Yeah. Like, a, lot of people don't, like, a lot of people don't understand too, like when you're doing a bit of investigation work, like, you've got to ask these questions, like if you have been using substances or intoxicated in any way. Um, like it's as disrespectful as it sounds, you know, it's one of those things that you sort of got to rule out of all possibilities and that sort of thing as well, you know. Um, so there's nothing disrespectful about it. It's just that if you want to find out what it is, if you want answers, we well, have to ask these sort of things, you know. Because um, like when we, like, I'm not sure you understand, like when you're investigating the things, like you approach everything with as much respect as you possibly can. And like, unfortunately, you've got to poke at these sort of niggly little questions where they might feel a bit, you know, defensive or, you know, guarded in that sense. Um, it's nothing to do, like, not. it's not like we're trying to discredit what you're seeing. It's like we're trying to get an idea of what you're seeing and to try and rule out every single possibility to sort of get an idea of what this thing is that you're seeing, you know. But, um, yeah, sometimes, um, I've like, I don't know about yourself, but, like, but I've had people there, they come come with me, like, approach me with uh, their experience, their a bit of footage that they question there. And whilst, yeah, some are... Uh, easily dismissible as something that's explainable there's times there where it's possibly something else you can't quite figure out what it is but you can't say it's an alien craft either um but then you get some people that come back at me and then like they start abusing me attacking me going no you're full of shit you don't know what you're talking about you know it's it's it's, it's um, a sad reality when it comes to you investigation sort of stuff like that you know people get just want to believe what they want to believe you know I don't believe everything's a UFO sort of thing. And unfortunately, exactly. I find, unfortunately, I find a lot of people don't, like, you know, in the investigation side, you got to rule out all these things. They don't do that. They just go straight to the UFO card and want to claim as that and then just get defensive. So, yeah, I don't know. I find that you'll probably have the same sort of responses with some people that you've, during your time. Uh, yeah. I, I guess people want to... Um... You know, they say, yeah, you know, we saw, we we know what we saw, we can identify it, sure, but we still, it's nothing personal. We still have to go through the list and, and make it, you know, otherwise it's not. We, we, we have to be seen as credible as well. So um, we had to try and apply some of those investigation procedures to sift out what it could have been. Yeah. Yeah. Um, don't want to burst anyone's bubble or <laughs> I mean we don't want you know to um be a wet blanket yeah but yes yes sure um yeah we, we had to go through all that yeah and it's a sad reality of being an investigator on this sort of aspect of things isn't it <laughs> but but yes. it's what it is so yeah look um, go through like um, obviously you would have some pretty uh credible experiences put forward to you like yeah tell us a few of those um if you don't mind oh well i'll tell you some of the interesting ones 
So there was there's um a case um and and I can't give his name because he's got his own little um video out. His name is Gareth, and he reported seeing a craft at night. Him and his wife. I think it's about um I can't remember what year now. I think, but it was January the second. Um. Yeah, January the 2nd, him and his wife were walking, I think a few years back, walking uh, around Hillsville Reservoir in Victoria. And they were both they were both feeling angsty so, because they were giving up smoking. And so they thought, well, you know, let's go for a walk. So they walked around um, Hillsville Reservoir, which is a lovely body of water, at around 2 a.m. And they both saw, it was a clear, clear night but pitch black, they saw this craft, this triangular craft come down and then the whole place lit up like it was on fire. And the craft went in the water and came out again and um, there were some lights. Uh, I think he said there were yellow and red lights blinking, but, yeah, there was no sound. And then they both heard these really heavy footsteps, those footsteps where the ground would shake when, like someone's, uh, when someone's walking, they can hear the feel the vibration. And they felt that it was something with really big lungs, and it was walking, yeah, it was running or walking behind them, and they started running because they had this foreboding feeling you know, that not to get out of there. And um, I think his wife was wanting to scream. And so they were running and this thing came past them and he said it looked a lot like a Yowie or a Bigfoot. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they so both saw that. And, I, I, you know, because there were two witnesses, I, I chatted to him. He sounded logical. Um, he said, you know, the, the next day or two days, um, him and his friends were having a, a gathering, like a dinner dinner thing at, um, at a place, and they all saw some UFOs as well. Uh, yeah, so he, he shared that story. I thought that was very interesting. Um, there have been many other, I guess, cases where there's been people have seen Bigfoot looking creatures in UFOs as well. Yeah, so that's another, that's been interesting. <laughs> There's another case of um, a lady called Marie, and she's also um, given her story to me, like we, I interviewed her. Um, she talked about some men in black visiting her school when she was young and, and measuring everyone. Um, yeah, so she's, I don't know, yeah, maybe you could interview her as well. I can give you her name, but, um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, she, you know, um, so her, yeah, hers was more of a, you know, testimony. She has, I think she does have some photos of, um, kind of lights in the sky, things like that. And, but she sees them a lot. Um, and there was, a, there was another unusual case. I'm not sure whether it's UFO related. It may not be. 
but this lady, she's seen UFOs before and um, I think she was she saw a UFO and then went inside and then uh, during the night, um, and I might not be getting the specifics right because it's quite a while ago since I spoke to her, but she fell asleep in the lounge room and and it's like a whole family just fell asleep like you know people were sleeping in you know in their bedroom but she fell asleep in the lounge room and there were these orbs that came into the room um some yeah and um some were quite large and she felt like she she felt paralyzed and she felt this kind of foreboding very negative feelings from them like she didn't like them and she was paralyzed for a while she couldn't move her and then when she did uh, was able to move later when they disappeared um, she she found that yeah you know um, like her dog was very sleepy like he just woke up from some some sort of anesthesia and they all kind of felt like that um, but what she found was um she had a tissue box and the tissues they were white and but then they turned purple like there was some there's there were these um round ink blots on the on the tissues and she saved them she put them in a plastic bag and she gave them to us <laughs> but the problem is finding i guess a lab or having enough money for them to analyze it and and it's like, well, what are we analysing for as well? So that was interesting. That was something that was left behind. Um, yeah, but, you know, Victoria has had a lot of very, very interesting famous cases, like Westall, as you know, Melton, um, the policeman chasing UFO for hours, Kelly Carhill. So, yeah. Yeah, so it seems to be the hot spot with um, like real full-on experiences, doesn't it? It sort of makes you wonder like what's so interesting about the Victoria state to have all these, uh, you know, real, uh, you know, exponential sort of experiences there that, you know, overrule every other experience that people are having. Like, you need know, to get the real sort of media attention as well. Um, at, so uh, I know people keep claiming like they're seeing objects around Victoria as well, like. Um, whether they're mistaken them as planes or something like you know, I don't know, but like, but how people are describing these things, I've seen them at the moment. It just seems like what's going happening, like what's happening down in Victoria. That's so, or make it such a hotspot. Like I don't know what's going on down there, you know. So I don't know. Is there mm. anything like um, on your side of things like found anything in that nature? Uh, I've only just moved back to WA and I haven't really looked into the UFO cases in WA as yet. I haven't had time, but apparently there's been a lot of sightings in Esperance and also, I guess, Pine, you know, near Pine Gap, but that's Northern Territory. Yeah, I haven't really looked too much in WA as yet. I haven't um, done any investigating. I've been looking into more of the paranormal cases or experiences. Yeah, I'd love to, um, and I think that people that are living away from the city tend to experience them more. 
yeah, especially probably like any more at the mining sites and all sorts of stuff there, the mining communities and whatnot. Um, I think there seems to be a fair bit of interest around like uh, gold mines specifically. Um, there's always seems to be something going around there for, just from stories I've heard in the past, you know. Um, whether they've got the interest in the gold, I don't know. I, um, I can't say I've really heard much in that sort of genre where they are getting the gold for whatever reasons. I don't know. I, I don't know what their interest could be. In it. It's just to me, I feel like gold would be a bit beyond them. Um, unless it's something to do with the technology they may, might need for the technology, like, you know, chips or some form anyway. I don't know. It's just one of those things where I guess we'll never know, to be honest. Um, yeah, definitely. Gold seems to be a common theme going back to, like, the Sumerian texts, you know, very ancient texts, mining gold. They talk about the Anunnaki coming from another world <laughs> and then using these... Um, Monkey, well, they, they, they apparently genetic, genetically modified these. I wouldn't say that they're, I don't know, a specific species of monkeys to help them to mine gold using them as slaves. Yeah, gold seems to be a, a theme. And I think you're right, you know, something about the technology that they use with gold. Um, yeah. But, I mean, I just had a thought, our Origines or our Indigenous people, they often talk about being from the Pleiades, from the Seven Sisters. That's in their dream time. I went and um, visited an African shaman in 2007 in Kuruman, which is around, I think it's around six hours' drive from Johannesburg. Um, he lived out in almost like in the middle of nowhere. So this guy called Credo Mutwa, C-R-E-D-O, and then M-U-T-W-A. He's um, he's an author. He's written a few books about his African culture and the myths and legends and history. But he was made famous through David Icke, who interviewed him. And there's a series of interviews called The Reptilian Agenda with Credo. And Credo, yeah, so we went there, um, myself and a group of people. We were part of a tour group. I think it was the first and only time that tour group went to see him because it's just so hard to get hold of him. So we went there and, yeah, the first thing I saw were these amazing sculptures and some of them were of alien look they look like alien form like the mantid and then we saw other sculptures as well and and paintings and he's um done a lot of paintings of um aliens he talked about meeting some bird people and also the chitahuri which is the reptilians he talks about them as well he said he's got, they've got this um, third eye there where they can squirt out venom. That's the <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> um, he, he talked about him and some other shamans were kind of, you know, they do, do a lot of journeys where they're walking and they found these, um, he was given this fleshed, eat it was like he looked like he said it was like this old gray flesh 
and um, he was told, eat this, eat this. So he ate it. They all ate it and they just felt really, really sick for days and started hallucinating for like several days. They were in an altered state for many, many days <laughs> or it might have been weeks. And then he was told that that, that piece of flesh is from a grey alien. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was very, very interesting. Um, yeah, so he, he had a lot of interesting stories. He used to have this um, really heavy necklace and, and, you know, hanging off it were the planets and a couple of alien figures and Adam and, you know, the first man, first woman, um, just to remind him of this, the origins. He used to wear that around his neck a lot, but he, it was stolen when, yeah, when we saw him. Um, there were a lot of children around. He adopted a lot of children who were orphans due to their parents dying from AIDS. But, he, you know, he had his wife there and, uh, you know, there was a hub of women and they were making beads and he had a um, herb garden. So he, he tried to treat um, illnesses using herbs and, yeah, there were lots and lots of jars of herbs as well. Um, yeah, what else? He, it was interesting after, well, oh yeah, he, so he did a reading with me. So he's called throwing the bones. There were some bones and his wife would throw them and he hardly looked at them and he just gave me this reading and told me things that he, you know, I don't know how he knew. And one of them was he knew my sister's Chinese name and he wouldn't know. <laughs> Nobody in that group would know my my sister's Chinese name. Uh, so, yeah, so th to me that was a bit of a personal confirmation that somehow he knew some things more than, you know, um, some extra sensory ability there. <laughs> he and, and the feeling that I got was love. Like he was one of the most humble men I've ever met and... I couldn't help but love him. I just felt, wow, I really love you. And I think we all felt that way. We all just really loved him. Um, he, he's now, he passed away in not long ago. Um, just quickly have a look. Well, he, yeah, he passed away not long ago um, at the age of, of around 89. But when I came back to Australia, my mind was squeaky clean for three weeks. Like I didn't realise that my mind was, you know, it's like a dirty window. <laughs> it was just squeaky, yeah, squeaky clean for three weeks and I had a, an interesting dream when I came back. Um, yeah, so anyway, that, that was my, my trip to, to see Credo Mutua and he talked about, yeah, ETs it, it, and, and ETs were part of their their myths, their legends, their ancient history. It's a bit of a spin-out, isn't it, with, like, when you talk about, like, uh, the shamanism and sort of, sort of things, like, I don't know, it like, seems a bit out there as well, um, but there's obviously something that's connected the world to these vibrations, this sort of magical sense to 
you know, the whole world, you know, but like shamanism and, you know, different sort of religious cultures in that spiritual sense, like the, you know, I mean, like we're talking like the proper spiritual sense, not the religious Christian Christianity or like it's been like that whole thing along human society, you know, every tribe has sort of had someone that was in that spiritual figure, um, always in that, you know, being the weird guy in the, in the, the village or whatever, you know, and so it makes you wonder, like, oh, I suppose, like, you know, today's society, we don't really understand it anymore because it's been lost. So it's sort of, you know, like, when you see it, hear about it today, you sort of question it, and it sounds crazy. And, you know, you, you do get these people that are, um, well, of that spiritual sense that have a good vibe. You can talk to um, a random person, then you can sense a good vibe from them because they're giving off a really good vibration. You know, you sort of, like, you... I don't know, it, just, it changes your whole vibration, you know? You, you're happy, you're, like, really, like, looking forward to speaking to, the, being around the person. Um, and I'm, I'm guessing that's how the, the shaman would have had that same sort of sense as well. Um, and so it's crazy, like... Um, I don't know, people have a different sense on everything and there's always seems to be a connection with the spiritual side to the UFO side of things or aliens, you know, um, to, I don't know, there's a, there's a connection there. Even like with the, um, when you were mentioning about the, the Yowie and the cryptid thing there, there's something that's going around that we just can't seem to get a grasp on and get an understanding on, but yet the ancient civilizations, they knew all about this. They already had things figured out and it's like, where did this all get lost throughout human, human history where we can't, you know, dive back in and trigger back into the spiritual side of things. Like, where is it all gone? Why can't we figure it out again? Um, have you got any answers at all or any ideas maybe? Well, I think um, when, you know, science, you know, when I, I can almost, I mean, I think, you know, when science, um, the science method started to become more prevalent and popular in our in our, in our culture and um, is, is almost, you know, the problem with that is, I mean, I think true science really should be open to studying any phenomena that is seems to be experienced by a lot of people or, you know, even people worldwide. But I think it's kind of become a little bit dogmatic, the, the you know, only nuts and bolts, only if there's physical evidence, otherwise it doesn't exist. So I think we've lost, uh, you know, a lot of um, maybe the ancient knowledge there or, uh, yeah, and um, become a bit more close-minded. And I think there's been a cover-up too <laughs> with the, um, you know, whoever manages the, the UFO sightings and interactions, you know, might, might be the secret military um, I think there has been a big cover-up and I think, you know, now after 50 or 55 years, they're starting to look into it again and mainstream media are not ridiculing it as they used to before. I think there was a time, I don't know whether it's up to 1950s, I'm not sure, but there was a time when people didn't really question the whether UFOs existed. Like if people saw a UFO, it was straight in the papers. It was just, oh, yeah, you know, there's a UFO. Uh, but then I think there was a time after that where people started to uh, question it and think, well, you know, it, it's it's false unless <laughs> proven true. Uh, yeah, so coming from that assumption that ETs don't exist or 
um, there's no other intelligent life other than us on this planet. Yeah, and uh, one of the comments in the chat here uh, made a really good point too, that experts, experts can only make money if they are correct. So, um, yeah, that's a really good point there. Thanks to Aaron for that one. Um, so, yeah, which is, um, yeah, really good point. And I think um, it was around about the, well, obviously after Roswell, I think it was in 47, I think that happened from memory. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there was a bit of a UFO hype. Um, and then I think that's when the government, well, US government particularly, started covering it all up. And I think this, during those, uh, like maybe the next decade after that, you know, there was still a bit of a hype with the UFO things because it was, um, you know, it was interesting and new. And then um, somehow the US military got some sort of control on, you know, starting to make people crazy and, you know, all that sort of side of things, you know, calling people drunkens, druggos, whatever. Um, yeah, uh, I, I sort of feel like that's where we sort of start losing the whole UFO or even just the whole phenomena where we like things weren't getting questioned as much, you know, but then they started becoming discredited and doubted, I suppose I should say. Um, you know, uh, but uh, like you look at um, with well, a spirit, like I don't know if it's a spiritual thing or if it's like a paranormal kind of thing as well you know where people are doing like remote viewing um all that sort of stuff you know it's an interesting side of things um what would that what would that come under was that a paranormal thing or maybe a spiritual thing what would you call that uh, i guess depends on how you define what you define paranormal and spiritual uh, I, I mean spiritual does spiritual include you know looking at extrasensory abilities you know, that we are more than this physical body and that we can see even without our physical eyes? Is that spiritual? Like, because we are bigger than this physical body? And, yeah, I've, I mean, I've got a good friend, Sandra Hilliard, Hilliard, or Hilliard. She She's a really good remote viewer, um, but she's also had a lot of paranormal experiences herself and also experiences where... Um, her energy would interact with the physical objects. So, you know, um, to, you know, if she, if she was experiencing some really intense anger, the the paintings on her walls would fall down. <laughs> or, you know, or, or yeah, or objects breaking, or you know, um, someone feeling the full force of her, um, can, you know, um, kinetic energy. But um, yeah, so so spiritual paranormal. To to me, spiritual is having, uh, I guess, a connection or or, or an awareness that there is some, um, uh, I guess, something bigger than like there's a there's a. Um, I know people, you know, there's people talk about oh the divine, or God, or you know. <laughs> so I'm trying to get away from those words because it sounds so new agey, but it's. It's that real deep connection to, um, you know, like nature and the force that makes us alive, like that makes all of us alive and conscious. Like what makes us conscious? What you know? What is it that allows me to be able to have an experience as an as a um, individual conscious person or consciousness rather than like why am I me and why are you you? 
why do you why can't you experience what I'm experiencing etc why, why are you yeah why are you contained in within you and I'm contained within me like we're having these individual experiences and yet during maybe some meditations or shamanic experiences we can also get a glimpse or experience uh, merging as well so you know, so then my individual consciousness can also feel or experience not being an individual but being able to experience uh, maybe some collective consciousness or, or feeling maybe, you know, what a group of people are feeling or the animals are feeling. People talk about being connected to everything, everywhere. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Yeah, supposedly like, yeah. like uh, empaths. So like they, um, they say they can sort of sense emotions, like you were saying, like with animals and humans, obviously you walk into a room and they can just feel like a... Uh, a different energy or a different vibe, you know, so I think they can sense like if the room's, I don't know, happy or angry or something like, you know. It's funny you mentioned though um, where uh, where your friend was having an experience there where it was, it was her sort of kinetic energy because um, it's funny you mentioned that. I was on a podcast there with the Occult Rejects recently and the question got asked uh, with the, in regards to poltergeist and that and it's now becoming a claim that with poltergeist it's your own energy that could be very well producing that sort of reaction in that you know that area or your house your home or something and then it start then like people obviously because they don't understand it it becomes like a paranormal sort of encounter 
um, but without realizing, well, obviously it depends on the emotion that the that person's going through at the time. If it's like a really uh, downhill dive emotion, you know, like where they're starting to get real down the slumps and dumps, or they're just really angry. Um, it is said that, like you know, with the paranormal side of things, they it's supposed to attract negative energies. So, is it like a a angry spirit that's coming into the sort of area and invading their own personal space and doing these things, or is it their own sort of energy that's outbursting because it's so clustered in its own anger or you know sort of depression or whatever you know? Something in that regard, like, how do you feel about that one? I think it's both. I think sometimes it is the person and it's their energy. Like my friend, Sandra, you know, she was in that really intense mood. And I can talk about her because she's written a book on it. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah she comes into a room and, you know, things start happening. Uh, she starts influencing the physical objects. Uh, but I think sometimes it might be another entity that borrows maybe the the energy of that person and uses that uh, because you know like Keith Keith Linder I don't know if you've heard of Keith Linder or well, he's in the US but he he's um, lived in a haunted place for many years and and he's got photos he's got videos yeah I saw a video yeah it was just this um, object in the house just like Bank, like just flew, like um, yeah, <laughs> just um, flew against the wall. But his friends have seen it. Um, if it was his energy, a why would he? You know, ha- who decides what happens? Because there's there's these black, these these really um, black writing, like um, and the paint is from a very. Uh, very rare sort of paint, um, you know, 666 written on his office, um, his computer is all smashed. Why would he, if it's coming from him, why would he destroy his things? And how is it decided as to what is being destroyed and what isn't? Like, yeah, he's, he's, he's had to um, replace his office a few times, cost him a lot of money, yeah, so I guess it's all these different questions as to, you know, yeah, if it's coming from someone's um, own being, why would they? Or you could say it's unconscious, but then it just some some of these cases seem too specific. Like there's a bit of an a direction, like writings on the wall. What does that mean? Yeah. So, what, right. so is it, are you you're saying that like um like a, a spiritual being says like written on the walls or? And can anyone uh, else see this, yeah. or is it just him, themselves? No, uh, people can see it. You know, it's written six 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 on the wall, and it's with this um paint from cow, uh, made from cow bones or burnt cow bones. That's it's really rare to find. Um. Why would he deface his own walls? It's, you know, he, he had to spend a lot of money to clean up and, you know, his girlfriend also was a witness and experiencer of all these things. Um, yeah, I guess these extreme cases, um, <coughs> excuse me, um, 
yeah, another case, Andrea Perrin. Uh, she's also in the US. You know, the movie The Conjuring. That was that movie was loosely based on her her experience. Yeah, knives. You know, just um, flying across the room. Um, they, but they could see the apparition. They actually can see. Some people can see these um, apparitions or ghosts. You know, if one of a, in want of a better word, yeah, ghosts. Um, and and you know, there's more than one person that can see the same ghost and and describe them in the same way. So that to me, I guess, you no, know, um, I guess it tells me that well, there is maybe there is a possibility that these ghosts or disincarnated spirits <laughs> do exist and have their own consciousness and able to manipulate the physical things in, in our world for some reason. Yeah, so it makes me wonder too, like are they beings from another dimension that is on the alien UFO agenda as well, um, as, long, as well as like, you know, the cryptids like the Yowies and um, I'm sure you would have heard like skinwalkers and, you know, that kind of thing too. Like, you know, I think skinwalkers are supposed to be some sort of sh evil shaman in that kind of regard. Um, and it sort of makes you wonder, like, where is this whole connection joining in? So are they from their own dimensional plane where they're all sort of you know, well, like we're, we sort of like mingle in this one world. Are they in that same sort of world too and can travel between? Um, yeah, where where has this all come through in the connection? Like, have you found anything in, along your lines of researching it at all? Uh, yeah, I have looked into the whole multi-dimensional, you know, theory that there we share the same space with different frequencies or different dimensions. So I've heard it being um, described as, you know, like having a different radio station. So, yeah, you, you just have to fine-tune into that frequency and then you can connect to that frequency or that dimension. I, I, think, I think it's very plausible because if that's the case, it really it can explain a lot of things. It can explain why something can manifest and then disappear. It can explain um, things appearing, like um, like my friend Sandra, she's um, her necklace, and and many people too, and including myself, things have disappeared and then reappeared <laughs> in a really strange spot. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, perhaps you know, there's there's some some things can go into a different dimension. We can't see it and reappear back into this dimension where we can see it. And it might explain why some of these UFOs, they're able to disappear, reappear. Maybe they can travel vast distances because they can go through a different dimension and then come back into this dimension. It's all, you know, it's all, um, yeah, they, you know, it's a whole different type of physics. I mean, I'm, I'm not really um, full bottled on it, but, you know, the whole quantum physics as well, um, 
maybe we have to look more into that because that would explain a lot of the paranormal side of things. Yeah, definitely. And <laughs> hopefully we do figure something out soon because I, I obviously like we've, we've got the big questions there of, you know, the cryptids, the UFOs and the yaoi's and that. But then you also got people that are claiming that they've been able to speak to, you know, ancestors, like, you know, past loved ones. Um, uh, and so it sort of makes you wonder, like, where does that connect into it as well? Because is that a different sort of plane or is there a connection between those two worlds um, where all three of these worlds are linking up to a, you know, our soul, our spiritual side of things um, and, you know, it goes into the UFO cryptid paranormal sort of things, you know. I don't know, have you found anything in that regard as well? If there's a difference between our sort of spirits to their kind of spiritual stuff? Uh, you mean um, the... so we, Yeah, so when people die, yeah. Um, yeah, where do they go? Can they come back? Yeah, yeah. I, I think, again, if we borrow that theory of different frequencies... And I've heard it described as um, using the electromagnetic frequency or the electromagnetic wave, um, frequency wave. So there's, I think, gamma ray, infrared, you know, and then there's white light. There's two bands, which is white light, and it's a very thin, very small. Um, it's only two bandwidths, um, which is white light, which is, I think, what, you know, our physical world. And then... Um, I can't remember the, the the order. I think the next is microwave and, yeah, so, you know, maybe once we leave the white light or the physical world, and I guess we have to assume that we have a surviving consciousness from our physical body, so we have to assume that we have a soul. So when we, you know, leave that physical body, perhaps it does go into an in-between frequency or dimension before, you know, um, it goes off to whichever frequency that some um, people go after they die. <laughs> but maybe they can go, come back and visit and go um, in between. But they would have to, yeah, they would have to, I guess, adjust their frequency so that we can see them or that, or, or you know, so they can interact with us. But I've heard a lot of stories, even from my clients, of um, you know my grief and loss clients, of paranormal things happening when their loved ones die, uh, such as the the cup that they always drink out of would just suddenly burst and break. Wow. <laughs> um, you know, a a song like their favorite song would just come on at a particular time. I had one lady, um, she had a, a phone call, a couple of phone calls from her deceased husband. So his number would come up, but it was a missed call. And um, uh, and on the date of the missed call was the date of her daughter's birthday, but five years in the future. Oh, wow. And... But all the other missed calls, you know, um, were, was the correct date, except for those two missed calls. She took a, took her phone to the Telstra shop. They couldn't figure out 
how that happened. Um, yeah, I, I myself, um, I had a friend. She was in her 80s. She was in the hospital. Um, I had a phone call from her. I answered her and I just heard static. And I think a couple of times as well, um, just static. And then later on, um, I found out that she, so the phone call happened after she had passed away, like the date and the time. That's scary. So. <laughs> <laughs> that is scary. <laughs> mm. Yeah, but to me, it's like, oh, you know, that was my friend. I felt, oh, you know, I felt like that sadness and that, you know, love for her. It wasn't as scary for me. But if it was a random, maybe, I don't know, like some weird random and a voice coming through, yeah, that would be scary for me. Yeah, so it was interesting that um, I got those phone calls and I had that emotional, I don't know, when, when I answered, yeah, I had that kind of real intense emotions and I knew she died, like I started crying you know, even before I found out that she died. But I had, yeah, heard, you know, quite a few stories like that. Or even just people, they just swear that they felt the presence of the person that passed. Yeah, so there's definitely a spiritual connection between us in a sense there where, like, especially our particular loved ones there and, yeah, it just makes you aware and how we can use these abilities again um, that's been lost or, you know, it's, it's a really, real enigma when it comes to this whole thing, isn't it? it like, even though we're, we're trying to find the answers, we still can't find them, unfortunately. Like, we're, everything's all speculation still to this day. But obviously, mm -hmm. a lot of things, like, in a sense, they, they make sense, but they don't make sense at the same time, you know? <laughs> it's it's a really weird little rabbit hole. Um yeah. Yeah, it's weird because, you know, like when people pass, like you hear of stories there where like, well, we're talking about like, you know, they can pass through to light and go to a different dimension or somewhere else, you know, but then you've got other spirits or claims of spirits that remain in the area, like they might stay in that house or, and they'll be there for years later, um, like, you know, people are moving into the house and they're still a spiritual paranormal phenomena still continues in that house. So like, mm -hmm. they, I don't know whether the spirits are continue like uh, choosing to stay and haunt that area, if you want to call it haunting. But you know, <laughs> yes. it makes you wonder, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Uh, I actually did a ghost busting <laughs> short course with um, Rob Tilly, and we went to a school in Sydney that the staff who stayed late at night, they would complain of seeing, like feeling footsteps or hearing footsteps and feeling some, something or someone following them. And also there was a particular room where the blinds would sometimes go up and down by itself and jazz music just blaring. Um, <laughs> and it would scare the hell out of the, the teaching staff. So Rob Tilly, he's, he's been a Ghostbuster for many, many years. So we went to see this school and um, I felt when I walked through the school, I felt a lot of depression 
because I can feel that I'm a little bit of an empath. I can feel the, the emotions. And that room where the blinds went up and down, I did not want to go in there. It just felt really like a really yucky energy. I just, it felt unfriendly, kind of hostile. Um, and then when Rob did the clearing and he said, oh, there's a teacher there, there's a principal there, he's still wearing the 70s gear, he didn't want to leave, He, you know, this gave him purpose. He, he said he was going to look after the school. And he almost like watching him, it was almost like he was counselling that teacher and saying, look, you know, your friends are gone, you're actually, you know, you're dead, your friends are gone, um, it's a better life. When you go through that light, see that light, that tunnel, go through there. And it took quite a lot of convincing before he eventually went. But I actually felt a change in the room. And he cleared that other room, the back room too. Um, and it felt a lot more friendly. I, I, I wanted to go into that room. Apparently in that room there was... Um, a lot of fights there were some physical fights as well like in the past you know many years um yeah so i i guess i kind of experienced the change in energy or the change in um the atmosphere or emotional energy but just so sorry what was your question yeah so that's all right like people like you know they'll, they'll choose to stay and some yes. people choose to oh, sort of yes, go. So, like, right. how they sort of, yep. why do they sit by? Yeah. So, when people have a, a big attachment to the place, so they really, you know, have a, um, they really love the place where they live, they, they don't want to go, or attachment to the people or their family, or they don't believe in an afterlife and they're too scared to go through to the light. And they're just wanting to hang on. Yeah, that's fair enough. I suppose it's all down to personal preference, yeah. and if that's the case, yeah. No, look, I understand that. There's like there can be like a lot of sentimental. No, um, oh, I lost myself. Then <laughs> sentimental value to something that a connection, sentimental connection. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's fear of death as well, um, and also they don't experience time like we do. Like it might be a hundred years, and they feel like it's just yesterday. You know, it's just yeah. Um, and a lot of ancient, I guess, cultures would talk about this. Like it's some of the Eastern, I guess, religions. They is real for them. Like they talk about these ghosts. You know, some people marry ghosts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and so they get the you know they get you know good luck in Korea etc. Anyway, that's another story. But I'm um, tying back to the UFOs. Um, you know, it will come back to me. I had a thought about um, how how that tied back with the UFOs. Yeah. Well, while you give it a bit of time, now, I've got a bit of a story <laughs> for you. Um, I was doing it in with another podcast there with um, Trifon uh, from Unlocking the Code. So I share that to them. Go check their, their, their podcast. They're awesome. Um, they go through a lot of different aspects of the whole unknown sort of thing. But anyway, he um, he was saying his grandfather passed away and they were at the um, the wake and having a few drinks. They mm -hmm. had a bottle of port there and, you know, there was enough there to go and share around with everyone. And there's one extra glass. And so they're going, oh, look, here's granddad's glass here. So anyway, they're all talking, having a good old time, you know, 
talking and whatnot. And sometime later, they went back to the glass and it was empty. And next oh. video, they sort of like gone, who emptied the glass? Like, you know, and the next minute they start bickering and arguing between each other, blaming them, pointing the finger and whatnot. And in the end, they sort of like kind of realize like no one's touched that glass. So mm-hmm. what's happened? So they're like, you obviously, you're going to assume that granddad's got that last bit of port there and go, yep, thanks guys. Cheers. Thank you very much. And yeah, it, it's sort of, it, it's spooky, but it's sort of like amazing too. Like if that is a real thing, you know, it, it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's why people offer food, you know, how they have food on the altars for the dead. Yep. I, I said the exact same mm-hmm. thing in the podcast. It's, <laughs> you know, Asian oh, cultures. So, yes. yeah. yeah, I think it's more... Um, yeah. more... My brother... Sorry, go on. Oh, no, my grandmother did it. She had an altar with food offering yeah. to them, but they, they didn't disappear. <laughs> but, no, it's cool, though. It's like, yeah, like the same thing. Like, you know, um, there's got to be some sort of connection there where they must have thought, well, something did happen in the past there, you know, where these sort of things were happening. But... Um, yeah, it's sort of strange, you know, like then you go like um, going back to the UFOs and stuff like that, you know, people are worshipping the dead or, you know, some sort of godly figure that could be aliens or anything on that sort of regard, you know, we have been worshipping them for years and that could be our gods. Um, so obviously, you know, going through those kind of spiritual UFO aspects of things, there's got to be some sort of connection between the two there where... You know, people meditating, going astral, astral planning, I think is that the right word. Um, you know, uh, they're, they're connecting to these beings of these other dimensions through that world, through that meditation aspect. And then you like you can go through the the ley lines throughout the earth. Um, you can get like a geological sort of map where these things are connecting. To different as uh, different points in the world, where we have monolithic, or you know some sort of um, I'm trying to think of the words here now. You know, like you know, like Stonehenge and the 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 pyramids. You got the uh, Egyptian pyramids, the Aztec pyramids, like all these different locations around the world where these things are connecting up, and it sort of makes you wonder with the spiritual side of things, have they been able to communicate around the world using these sort of energies that are around the world whilst also connecting to these interdimensional beings or whatever you know it brings a lot of questions on that sort of thing it's like there's a lot of history that has been lost but so many different theories yeah definitely i mean yeah you mentioned the pyramids Uh, a lot of these um ancient monuments seem to align with something in the stars like it seems to align with orion or it points to the pleiades so it tells me that, you know, there there must be some connection to the stars and to the uh, ancient spiritual practices. And uh, I mean, in ancient Egypt, they have, um, and not just ancient Egypt, but they have, I guess, the hieroglyphs and the carvings of like half half bird, half human half lion, half human, all those looks like, you know, humanoid hybrids. Mm. And, you know, maybe, okay, some historians say it might be metaphoric, but what if 
what if they were actually beings that were the bird people or the lion people or the cat people, <laughs> which has been talked about quite a lot now through experiences. Um, there's quite a few people I know who've talked about the lion people and from Lyra. <laughs> um, and I, I, yeah, so I remember now what, what that connection uh, was you were talking about um, the abilities, like, you know, how do we develop these extrasensory abilities? I, I think, yeah, like telepathy, and that's another thing. When you read a lot and you talk to a lot of people that are experiences, the main language is telepathy or the main mode of communication that is, is through telepathy. And so I think, yeah, there's, there's you know, um, telepathy, um, going through, you know, being able to travel through different dimensions, that there's a lot of these abilities that apparently we could maybe harness if we knew, you know, if we were trained and we knew how to, like, you know, the whole remote viewing thing. Um, yeah, it's just that it's kind of pushed away as, you know, just woo-woo. I think that's why we can't find really good courses. I think they are around, but we have to really hunt for them. Yeah, you got to really have a big interest in it too, you have to have the uh, the mindset and the open mind to be able to approach this. Because, um, you know, like a lot of people, and I'll, I'll say myself as well, like I look at everything from a logical point of view like everything that's in front of me is real you know um well obviously i'm open-minded to everything that all, all the possibilities but to me i you know i'm <laughs> i'm kind of straight and narrow you know and it's sort of hard to like sort of get a grasp on if these things are real when it comes to people claiming um you know uh, uh what are they what um you know, the prediction, <laughs> I've forgotten what they're called now, <laughs> absolute mind blank. Um, you know, people predicting futures and stuff like that. Um, what do they call me? Um, I can't even think what they're called now. <laughs> I guess, um, uh, oh, I can't think of it now. Is that absolute <laughs> mind blank? <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah, so they can foresee the future, yeah. predict the future. Yeah. Um, you know, like, like, obviously... There are precognition. Some, is it precognition? I think that might be a bit more of a scientific term, but um, you know, um, oh, I can't even think of it now. <laughs> Surely someone's listening here <laughs> in the comments. They can go and remind us what these people that can predict futures are. <laughs> it's such a simple word too. Um, a psychic. There you go. Thank you, Aaron. <laughs> Getting the statement of the day. Psychic. Oh. Psychic. <laughs> That yeah. Um, you know, like, uh, like, obviously, yeah, obviously there's some frauds out there, but, like, there are people that sort of claim to be able to predict the futures or have sort of some for sort of guide or connection there that can sort of, sort of foresee someone's future. Um, I, don't like the, I don't like using this word skip, skeptic because I hate that word, um, but, you know, it sort of makes you wonder where that sort of, connection comes through like in the human history of being able to have that sort of ability and that sort of things um you know what have you had any dealings with that sort of things at all like because uh, like you know i've heard stories where people have 
gone to a psychic and they've gone and had some readings and whatnot, and they've come out mind blowing on, yeah, no, look, this person was bang on with a lot of things. Um, obviously, they're yeah. not, obviously, they're not fa- fact checking through Facebook prior, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, there's, there's some weird things out there. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I mean, I've I've been to see quite a few psychics or clairvoyants and I would say a very small percentage actually came true or actually described a person that I was about to meet in very specific detail, like, you know, likes to play golf, has a 12-year-old son. Yeah, (laughs) there was one time this man told me that and I thought, no way. Yeah, yeah, and then I met him and we did have a relationship. But, I mean, if that happens, then where do, that get, where do they get that information from and does that mean that our life has already been laid out? Because if they could see that, if he could see that man that's going to be coming into my life, where did he see it? Is it in my energy field? Um and, you know, you're right, you know, there are, you know, there's different grades of quality of the psychic abilities and I think it's very uh, just um, quite rare to have have um, a clairvoyant that's really accurate, like 100%. Sometimes they're um, accurate maybe 50% or 20% of what they say. How much is it intuition or how much is it? Is it just guessing? <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, but there are, I think there are a few that can actually, um, you know, predict your future. But I think, yeah, it might be uh, less than many, yeah. less than more. And like you said, like, you sort of make you wonder, like, where are they getting this information from? Um, that's the confusing mm. part. <laughs> so. Yeah. So look, I want to get um, before we're getting close to the end of the show here. Um, we're nearly punching nearly an hour and a half here, so a bit more than what we're aiming for. But um, so <laughs> I want to ask, yeah, it goes, does go fast. Um, but I just want to go back to your personal experiences there, where you were experiencing these uh, strange objects here, like um, and you're like, how you're saying you uh, have some sort of connection with the Pleiadians. Have you had like any like sort of experiences there as like throughout your childhood, or has anyone in your family had some sort of experiences there where they could guide you on that path where abductions may have been happening, missing time, or anything like that in your lifetime at all? No, no, no one in my family. They they're very three D. <laughs> you know, um, I'm the odd one out. I, I've got the. The one I'm the one with the strange ideas, beliefs, hobbies. <laughs> yeah, no one. But I, I don't, I don't know if I've been abducted. I, I don't know. I've had some strange dreams, but I'm not that I'm trying to piece together. But I'm not sure. I, I haven't. There was a period of time where I did a lot of spiritual searching and was meditating every day. You know, uh, but then I, I felt like I couldn't relate to the people. I was starting to not being able to relate to people in my life. And so I stopped that and I haven't really gone right back into that sort of um, practice as deeply as I had for a while. Um, I, yeah, I seem to be more 
looking into, you know, being in more in this 3D world and kind of um, drawing on, you know, things that I've seen and done and, and looking more into that rather than trying to find out Pleiadian, my Pleiadian, if it's my Pleiadian origins. <laughs> yeah, but I'm hoping that one day um, we would be able to meet them, like as if, you know, physically, like as if they're walking um, <laughs> walking amongst us. Apparently they are. They are already walking amongst us. It's just that they're in disguise or they look like us. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. I'm hoping sort of the same thing too, you know. Yeah. Um, it'd be great to have them, like, you know, go on a bit of a, like a Star Wars style kind of thing, you know, where everyone's just sort of mingling together, you know. There's no worries on how everyone looks or talks, you know, none of that sort of crap that goes on, you know. It'll be great to have that sort of lifestyle, I reckon. Like, you know, I think it's kind of the point now in human society where it needs to be opened up in reality, you know. Um finally breached through the walls of this hidden societies that is going out. Um, once that's done, things are going to be a lot more open to the world, you know. People will be a bit, lot more accepting. Um, like, sure, it's going to yeah. sure it's going to create, like, a bit of a, a pandemic at the start there, you know, but once it all comes through and people get used to the idea, it'll, it'll become a normal. So the sooner the better, I, I feel. Yes, definitely, me too. And I think maybe... After people have a big shock and the whole cognitive distance, dissonance or, you know, whatever people have to go through, um, after a while I think people might even feel actually this feels quite natural or is a bit of like it's almost like an ancient memory that, oh, yeah, this is kind of feels familiar. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, why are people really drawn to movies like Star Wars or Star Trek, like why, yeah, why do we love those movies, you know, really feel drawn to those movies? Yeah, I definitely feel too, like with those movies there with um, Steven Spielberg there, he's like, he's had some sort of knowledge there of what's out there, you know, and he's sort of related these movies to sort of give us a bit of a good good hint of what's to come. At least I'm hoping so anyway. <laughs> Here comes a little yeah, spotlight definitely. Now. Yes, yes, I've had people come up to me, well, I've had people say, oh, you know, the, the ETs that I saw look like that in the in the Star Wars or the, yeah. <laughs> um, the, the, I think the Sith Lord, is it the Sixth Lord, Lord the, um, the Sith, the yep. red, yeah, with oh, yeah, the um, horns? Darth Maul, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I've had a few people say, They've seen reptilians. That the royal reptilians had the um, the horns. That they, they look like him. Some of them look like him. Okay. <laughs> but I also want to mention um, some archaeological digs. Like the, there's one in Al Al Ubaid in yep. Iraq. Um, they've they've dug up some figurines, some reptilian figurines, and I think they're being displayed in the British Museum. Also in LA, uh, they uncovered um, some catacombs of um, some lizard people. I think that's Fort Underground Fort Moore. Um, there was a newspaper article on it. Um, Is there an online link for it at all? Yes. 
You say what, sorry? An online link at all? You can find it on the uh, online somewhere? Yeah, yep, I can give you the link. Yep, that'd be great. Oh, if you oh no, 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 oh, it's already okay. ready. I can, um, I can provide that into the show notes and people can go and check it out. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'll give you the links. Yeah, that'll be good. But, yeah, no, that's quite interesting. Obviously, there's um, some sort of history there. Of, like, you know, people have obviously claimed reptilians and different other species of beings, you know. Um, are they the overlords of the entire world controlling us from underground or wherever they are, you know? It sort of makes you wonder. Because, like, I've had people on the show here where they've had experiences with reptilians and they've had, had quite a scary experience with them, like... Um, very evil and very controlling, you know, um, a really bad sort of agenda about them. But I've also had one there where they've claimed like they were, it was fine. They had no negativity or, you know, the experience was good. So it's like, is there a evil side, good side of these reptilians? You know, so many questions on that sort of things, you know. But um, obviously there would be some sort of war going on between the different species that people have claimed that are out there. Um, yeah, because like, oh, I've had another guest on the show who has had two crafts that have battled it out and yeah and ended up on being crushed into a tree so it makes you wonder you know it's it's a scary world of unknowing yes yes um i think we're going to be blown away there'll be so much to learn we would be so busy <laughs> yep. yeah we would be so busy and you know, we, yeah, the, the, the whole galaxy will be opened up for us rather than just our Earth. And we would have to rejiggle our perception, our um, prejudices. Yeah, but, you know, I think there is good and bad in all races, just like people. And that, you know, everyone has a different agenda or their own agenda. Yeah, uh, look, I always so, people just yeah. need to be a good person. Don't, like, everyone's got their own agendas mm -hmm. and that, but, you know, just be a good person about it. No need to be, um, you know, evil. Um, no need to yeah. go and sort of be an arsehole about things, you know. Like, people all have their own different experiences and such like, you know, and but, uh, look, there's no need for it. Just need to approach things respectfully and be an overall good person, really. <laughs> just, just be cool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> but um, before we end up the show, um, look, I do have a question here for you um, from M. She's um, asked if you have any theories or ideas about the UFO connection with bodies of water around Port Phillip Bay in Victoria. There, have you any reports on that? Um, I don't know about Port Victoria Bay. I've heard of the, there was a body of water um, in New South Wales, where people saw a UFO suck some water out. Yeah, Gosford. Like up to oh, Gosford, that's right, yeah. But is she talking about, did people actually see this UFO above a body of water? I'm assuming so, because um, it's saying like um, there must be like some sort of connection there with, with water around Port Phillip Bay. So that obviously people must be seeing something going around there. Okay. Yeah, quite possibly. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the Gosford one, that's interesting, you know, all that water being sucked up, uh, you know, they need our water or... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, tr I mean, it's interesting because um, 
the have you heard of Valiant Thor, the Venetian, the guy yeah, from I've Venice? Heard that. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, his aircraft, uh, his spaceship, um, Victor One, is over Lake Mead, which is a huge body of water. Yep. So he's kind of stationed but invisible above a body of water. Okay. I don't know whether, yeah. It, it, yeah, it depends what that craft is there for. Is it there all the time, uh, a lot of the time, or just visiting, or? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, she's just saying in the comments there, yeah, it's just coming out of the water and just flying around. Um, doesn't... Oh, coming out of the water. Yep. Did she say? Oh, yes, yep, I've heard of, I've heard of um, people seeing spaceships coming out of the water, going in the water. So there must be some base, maybe underground. Maybe it is, you know, the whole... Um, I don't know, hollow earth thing? Yeah, well, it's possible. Maybe they go through, through, yeah, maybe there is a base there. Well, what I mean, better place? Yeah, Sorry? What better place, you know, like under the ground or oh. under, the, under the ocean? It's pretty vast. Yeah. Yes, yes, that's right. It's um, safe and, you know, they, they can be... Um, what do you call it? Um, yeah, it can be done in secret because, you know, yeah, they can't be seen. Yeah, I mean, most of our Earth is water, so there must be a lot of space under there. Definitely. Definitely. Mm. Now, well, if, um, before we end up, is there anything else you want to add to the show um, before we end it? Um, just that if, you know, if um, people... I mean, if the people are experiencing good things, that's wonderful. But if the people are um, experiencing bad things, like you were saying about the post-trauma, you know, um, yeah, go and find a support group or talk to someone about it. You know, Mary Rodwell, um, she's got um, a, a, some support groups going happening <laughs> in Queensland. Uh, or she can direct you to, yeah, see someone who um, are open-minded or who can guide you through without judging you to, you know, as being crazy. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Share your story. Don't be afraid to share your story. Absolutely. Um, are you open to people contacting you at all in regards to their paranormal experiences and investigations with UFOs as well? Or Yeah, sure. Yeah. No, I'd love to. Yeah. I'm happy for people to um, contact me. If I don't answer straight away, it's just that I'm busy. Um, yeah, <laughs> but I'll yeah I'll try and read every email. But yeah, feel free to share my email. No worries, yeah, I'll do that for sure. Um, I'll send it through and put that into the show notes. But um, so yeah, look, thank you very much for coming on the show. It's been absolutely great chatting with you. Um, we've covered like so many different aspects on this sort of thing. It's um, you know, we could have kept going pretty much all night because we just it can just go so many different places, you know. Um, so yeah, look, it's absolutely fantastic having you on here. And so thank you very much. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you, Anthony. It's been a lot of fun and yeah, I've really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you. No worries. Thank you very much. All right. Cheers to that. And I'll talk yeah. to you soon. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. And that will do it folks for this episode of Encounters Down Under. I hope you enjoyed the show. And remember, you can also get involved in the show by joining the Facebook page and getting in on the live streams. Also, please be sure to share with your friends and family to help us grow and potentially find our next guest on the show. 
If you or you know someone who has had an encounter, please get in touch with me through our Facebook page via Messenger or email at australianufosightings at outlook.com.au. I look forward to seeing you on the next encounter down under. Hooroo! Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.